Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Going Rounds podcast. Uh, here live in Arizona, where it's uh all day, every day. It sucks. Uh, between the heat and the stupid monsoons, it's either broken ACs or no power or both. Not all to me. I've had the no power ones. Not the broken AC though. That's people I know. And that sucks. And I've seen it over social media, everybody else talking about things like that happening too. So it's a damn shame. It sucks. We live in the fucking desert. I know. I get it. It's Arizona. But damn, this summer sucks. And it sounds like it's that way everywhere. Um, I've been hearing about crazy record heats all over the place. But I'm not a weatherman. So what the fuck am I talking about this for? Except for the fact that it's miserably hot all the time. And I'm thankful that I can have a fan right here, even though I have an AC, <laughs> but it still gets hot. And, uh, yeah. Um, also in here with these stupid lights and shit. Yeah, I get a little hotter than usual. So to not freeze my wife and anybody else in the house, I just turn the fan on. So that works. And I'm lucky it's quiet enough to not hear it over the mic. At least I don't think you can. But anyway, uh, yeah. It's been a crazy week, man. Um, too much weird shit going on. Bad stuff here and there. Annoying shit as usual, but yeah, it's been a crazy week. It's a bad news here and there. People with health issues. Mike D, man, feel better. Hope everything's good with you. And, you know, it's craziness all over the place. So this week, though, we got fights like always, no matter how crazy the world is. No matter how fucking hot it is outside, we still got fights. So that's what we're here to talk about. So that's what we'll talk about. But as you can tell, today's been a day. But like I said, this whole week too. So I'm glad to be here and be able to, you know, just talk about shit and stuff that I like. I get to do something I like for an hour to an hour and a half, sometimes longer, you know. Depends on how much I ramble, but I enjoy this shit. You know, it's a process getting it all like put together and everything like that. But I also enjoy it, even though it's a chore sometimes. And then I get to sit here and run through the whole thing and get to see the end result, which is nice. And I like that. So, you know, just lucky to be able to do it and having fun. So we're just going to keep going and keep doing the damn thing every week. This week, no pay-per-view, but fight night like usual for the UFC. We're going to recap last week's, which was pretty intense. There was a lot of stuff going on last week. Um, funny things, crazy things, good fights, all of it. Uh, there's other events happening that I don't usually pay attention to, but you've probably, if you follow any combat sports stuff, you've probably seen some of these things on your timeline of any social media that you have. Uh, Cause you know, you start looking up fight stuff and then you get in that algorithm a little bit and then you see it, or sometimes it just goes that viral. And these are some of those things. We'll go over some of that, some other fight news, a lot of fights announced, exciting stuff. I think for the, for the most part, oh man. that I was going to have the, like the hiccups all of a sudden. Um, nothing like good old. Old fashioned to cure all of that. <laughs> uh yeah, lots of lots of good fights announced coming up in the next few months. 
Um, you know, they always go hard at the end of the year. Once once International Fight Week hits, like the cards just get instantly better. Usually that card's pretty damn good. And if it's not, it's at least hyped up to be. And then the following cards just banger after banger. And that's what it's looking like is gonna happen for the next few months. So including the second fight of July happening in less than two weeks now. That's uh next Saturday. So that's that's gonna be a damn good card. Of course, I'm gonna go over all that. Like I said, um, I think I said it last week, but maybe not. Uh, next week I'm gonna be out out of town and I'll have my generic background, no cool lights, no nice alcohol setup, none of this. I get to be in some stupid hotel room, but it's all good. Got to make that money, and I got to make sure things go well. So. And just do my job. So I got to go out of town. I'll be doing that. But I'll still have a show. Obviously, I've still only missed one. And that didn't, you know, didn't affect me that much. So, but I still do it. And it's something to do when I'm out of town, too. Because then I don't have anybody around. I'm stuck in a hotel room by myself. And just, you know, instead of just being lazy and stuff like that, I do all the show prep. Just like I would on a normal week. And then do the show. So. It's all good. All fun. So next week, we'll, you know, preview UFC 291. And, yeah, we'll take a look at some of the fights coming up here right now, too. So let's get started with some more bad news. Unfortunate news. Jamal Hill, unfortunately, ruptured Achilles tendon, man. That is fucked up. I don't ever want to know what it's like to rupture an Achilles tendon. Like... Just straining that portion it sucks. Just thinking about it, you're like, what the fuck, man? How, how, like, how do you even do that? Obviously, you know, athletes do it more often than anybody else because they put a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of pivoting. Basketball players with the fast footwork and s abrupt starts and stops. Wrestlers, too, you know, hinging on that, uh, on that ankle and, and pivoting and putting a lot of pressure on it. I guess shit just happens and you know Jamal Hill does all that and including basketball and it seems like he played in some kind of celebrity basketball uh game and then at shortly after that he came out with this news now it sounds like it didn't happen while playing basketball but most people are saying it did I guess but who knows either way um, D, uh, DC, Daniel Cormier was, uh, playing in that game as well. And he said that it didn't happen while he was playing basketball, but like the next day or something like that, he was training and he kicked somebody and that's when he felt it. And then that's when he got it like fully diagnosed and found out what really happened. So who knows? Either way, it's unfortunate because Jamal Hill, I like Jamal Hill a lot. I thought he put up a great performance to get uh, to win the belt against Glover, and yeah, I mean, what else can you say? He he just was one of those guys that looks like he was gonna be good up and coming, and now he's gonna be out for six months plus because this is just too uh, too serious of an injury. It takes too much time to properly, you know, like heal from all that plus i'm sure he has to have surgery or he did have surgery already actually i saw that picture yesterday or a video of him actually coming out of the uh hospital anyway so 
he relinquished the belt. That's that's the really bad. Wow, his rupturing his Achilles is bad, but it sucks on top of it even more that he had to relinquish his belt. So he's no longer UFC heavyweight champion. Just like Yuri Prohaska, that's what happened to him. Uh, and yeah, these guys are gonna be out for six months plus. Yuri was looking like more like a year. So he gave up the belt and then Jamal got the belt and now he's giving it up too. So there's kind of, I don't know, that's what I keep hearing everybody say. Oh, it's like some kind of a curse in this uh, division right now, the light heavyweight division, ever since John Jones left and, you know, they, the belt got has just been passed around pretty much. So I don't know what's going to happen here. They're already talking about the... Um, Alex uh, Pajeda fight versus Jan Blokowicz being for the vacant title. But then everyone's just up in arms about Alex Pajeda getting a title fight right away. So they're saying maybe it'll be the winner of that them versus like, I don't even know anymore. So many things have been thrown around. So who knows? It just sucks for Jamal Hill. I was looking forward to seeing if he was going to be able to uh, retain the belt and, and defend it a couple times or see how long he could hold on to it. And then right away, he has to give it up before he even gets a chance to defend it. So, uh, man, um, hopefully he heals up quick, but heals up correctly and doesn't push it and come back too early and re-injure himself. So, heal up Jamal Hill because we want to see you fight again. And... Yeah, it's shitty circumstances. Oh, and if you want to, and it's tough to watch actually, but if you want to watch what he had to say, um, he had a lot of good things to say in the announcement of this, of relinquishing the belt because of his injury on his YouTube channel. Uh, so just look it up, Jamal Hill, YouTube, you know, uh, relinquishing title. I don't even know what to look up. I'm sure you'll find it quickly, but yeah, at the end, man, it, it crushed me watching him. Because he said, you know, said what he had to say. He held it together for the most part. Then he pushes the mic away and he puts his face in his hands and he's like, and he starts crying, you know, because he kind of got the belt in, a, in an unexpected time. Like, yeah, he was up and coming. He was doing well. He had a good record and everything was going well for him. But, you know, it still seemed like he needed a couple more fights. It, it seemed like for sure he was going to have to take a couple more fights before getting the belt. And instead, he got it when he did. And he wanted on his first try like and he's young as shit man so sucks for him i hope he comes back quickly and then hopefully they hold up the ufc holds up there under the bargain which is you know for relinquishing the belt like he did he'll get an automatic like title fight when he comes back so hopefully that is what actually happens i am fucking thirsty today i just talk a little bit and i'm like all right i need a drink <laughs> Got multiple drinks here, though, so it doesn't always have to be alcohol. <laughs> but uh, till it's gone, I'll be drinking it. So let's move on from there. couple fight announcements. You know, big ones. I know this one happened earlier this month, but I never really even talked about it because it was probably during that one episode I missed. And then on top of that, last week got mixed, in the show, you know, mixed up, lost in the shuffle, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But Jones... John Jones versus Steve Miocic is official for Saturday, November 11th in New York, which is kind of what I thought would happen with Jones just because, you know, they do Madison, Madison Square Garden on in November every year. So that, you know, seems like the right place to put John Jones for 
uh, his first title heavyweight title defense. So that's what's happening. And of course, they announced it right after the Francis Ngannou Tyson Fury official announcement for that boxing match was because, you know, Dana White can't leave it alone. He's got to come back with something. So that's what happened. And it got announced. And Stipe, I've seen a lot of stuff from Stipe, surprisingly, because, you know, he's kind of been just out of the game, uh, social media and everything else. Um, and he's been talking shit, saying, you know, in the way that Stipe talks shit, he doesn't talk shit like the rest of us or like most people. Um, he's just basically saying he's going to beat John and it's going to be simple. And it's, you know, uh, and I'm good on him if good on him if fucking it is easy for him but that's a tough opponent and yeah so good luck to him on that one i feel like that's gonna be a great fight um or it's gonna be a quite of fast a fast fight i was i was gonna say a quick fight maybe a fast fight but i put it together whatever um yeah it's either gonna be fast or it's gonna be really good or it's gonna be both who knows but i'm looking forward to it november but a little bit earlier than that these fights just got announced Paulo costa versus uh hamza chemaev chemaev finally coming back but the same can be for costa can be said for costa i think they've both been out for like 140 some odd days both of them so like over a year they both almost uh, pressing year and a half two years that they both have been out haven't fought in the ufc so for them you know everyone was kind of wondering and and you know kind of speculating on hamza chamayev because you know he hasn't been seen in the u.s for quite a while since his last fight i believe and everyone's wondering if it was some kind of work visa issue um if something else was going on so of course this fight's happening in Etihad's arena uh, in Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, it's not happening in the U.S. And what everybody was speculating was with the first fight that makes sense that's overseas, that he's going to be a part of it. And here it is. So October 21st, that's when that fight's happening. And Paulo Costa, well, he's just been talking about the secret juice on social media and trying to be funny. That's all he's done. He hasn't fought in this more time, I think, even than Chemayev. So, at least they're both coming back. Should be a fucking hell of a fight because Costa's a beast. And while we all know Chemayev is a fucking zombie monster. So, should be a good fight. And then the other big announcement uh, is on Makachev, the current lightweight champion, versus Charles Oliveira 2. So, the rematch. And... Yeah, for the light heavyweight title. Um, you know, Makachev was on social media, you know, chirping at fucking Leon Edwards trying to become a double champ. And then he had Volk on his heels, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, the featherweight champ, uh, talking shit to him because he's trying to go up and get that double champ status. But behind Volk is Ilya Tapuria. In the featherweight division as well asking volk why he's trying to run to a different division when he knows he's gonna fight him so we got a little uh cat and mouse game going on here little goose chase so it's pretty interesting but in the end 
Makachev will not fight Volk right now because he's fighting Charles Oliveira as a rematch for the light heavy, I mean the lightweight title. So Volk's gonna have to wait or you know, wait and fight the winner of this fight, or he just takes that fight with Ilya Tapuria and you know everyone thinks that's gonna be a great fight. I do too. I still don't think Tapuria has enough to get past Volk because Volk is just unstoppable right now i feel like it's too early still even though he's been at it for a little bit being the champ and, and uh beating people i kind of feel like everyone's just now realizing like damn he's so good i can't even doubt him anymore a lot of times that's when somebody falls off but this time i think he's got a little more in him before he does you know drop the belt and then become one of those guys that has to fall back a little bit so i think he's got a little while before that so i think even if Tapuria gives him a great fight, then I don't think it's gonna I don't think he's gonna be able to beat him. So either way, Makachev versus Charles Oliveira 2. Also happening in Abu Dhabi, October 21st. So that should be a good one. Now, something else that has been interesting and in the news lately. This popped up on the UFC website. People, of course, found it one way or another. Not sure how. Not really sure what caused them to go looking, but they found it. I'm sure by this time you've maybe seen this image or one of them, but uh, these guys are all Bellator fighters. Patricky Fieri, however they say the last name, basically Pitbull. Patricky Pitbull and Patricio Pitbull, the Pitbull brothers, current Bellator fighters slash one's a champ i think or ex-champ they're both ex-champs so also michael venom page and aj mckee had all popped up on the ufc website is under the fighters list so that's interesting especially when there's been rumors going around that bellator is on the market to be bought uh or to be sold you know um yeah, and then apparently the PFL is the front run runner and is the one that's most interested and most people think it's going to wind up being absorbed by the PFL over here kicking shit. Uh, but uh, Michael Venom Page, MVP, it was actually on the MMA Hour, uh, Ariel Hawani show on Monday, I believe, talking about being a uh, free agent. Coincidentally, and then all this pops up, there's the rumors about Bellator being sold. Uh, people are now trying to say that the UFC bought the Bell bought Bellator, and that's why these uh, you know fighters showed up because they're absorbing you know just the better known fighters, the better fighters, whatever you want to say. But I think there would be way more than this. So it feels like to me that the UFC was able to kind of get some of these fighters out of there that they could benefit from. And then, you know, maybe be allowing the PFL or the PFL is just going to uh, absorb the rest. Who knows? But we'll find out soon, I'm sure. I know from what I understand, the uh, the Bellator schedule only goes up to September as of right now. They only have fights scheduled through or up to September, something like that. Which means we'll find out pretty soon here what's going to happen with Bellator Who's going to absorb it? Who's buying it? Um, 
what fighters are going where and are all of them going to stay under the same banner or is it going to get split? What's going to happen? Who knows? Um, to my understanding, though, all of these images have been removed from the UFC website. I haven't gone and checked myself because I'm just like, who the fuck really cares, right? I mean, they show up, they go away, or they show up and they stay. Who cares? The only way we're going to know is when it happens. So, But it's pretty interesting either way. That's why I wanted to cover it. And it's been all over the fucking place. So uh, it'd be pretty crazy to see the Pitbull brothers, AJ McKee, and Michael Venom Page all in the UFC. That would mix some shit up. And, you know, there's been some Bellator fighters that have come over. Come over like I'm part of the fucking UFC. That have, that have gone over to the UFC. <laughs> I may like the UFC a lot, but, I mean, I, I come on. Um, but, yeah, that have gone over to the UFC and had great careers and had success in the UFC. You know, Michael Chandler is one of them at the top right now. Uh, waiting to see about getting that Conor fight. Just got off the Ultimate Fighter um, show, you know. I mean, the show's still going on, but, you know, he was a coach and now he could be fighting, you know, for one of the biggest paydays of his life. And he's from Bellator. He was the face of Bellator for a long time. And then he moved over to the UFC and a lot of people bag on his um, record and his fight schedule, you know, because who he's fought in the past is, you know, people that are either kind of washed up or already going, you know, down the bad road. But... Either way, he's fought big names, so, and it's been interesting, and he's still doing the damn thing, so, we'll see what happens with this, it, I'm, we're gonna hear about it soon, like I said, um, so yeah, let's move on to something a little bit interesting here, there is, oh, you gotta be shitting me, how did I mess that up, okay, well, that's weird, There it is. <laughs> That's why it didn't want me to show it. Hey, it's fucking censored. I mean, relax. This is what happened at a... <laughs> I don't even know why I'm talking about this. Because it was all over the place. That's why. And and the, the guy you see superimposed in the picture here, you could tell it's he's just put got added into this picture because he has a problem with what happened. And he's Eddie Hearn. He's a boxing promoter of some of the biggest boxing matches that's happened recently and in the past. And... He's pissed off about this because this happened on a influencer boxing show, basically. So this chick fought some other girl and, you know, they both, they came out, the, the, the weigh-ins are wild. I'm going to, I'm going to show you that too. It's coming up here in a minute, but Eddie Hearn's pissed because she flashed her tits at the end of her fight. She's not the first one to do this, but she is the first one to do this in a complete boxing match, which... I guess apparently Eddie Hearn thinks it's important enough to, or relevant enough even, to be pissed off about it being in a sport. The sport that he is big in. You know what I mean? That he believes in and blah, 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 blah. So he's pissed off about this. He had gripes. Other people are all upset and up in arms. I'm just like, it's influencer boxing. These are not professional boxing matches. These are not real boxers. Some of these guys look pretty decent because they've had training and have been serious about striking for, you know, a while now. But most of these fights are children slap fighting each other, basically. I mean, I'm not saying that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. I'm not saying it's actually children. You know what I mean? That's what it looks like. 
And so some of these people have skills, but some of them don't. Either way, I don't give a fuck. It's called Kingpin Boxing. K-I-N-G-P-Y-N Boxing. I'm sure you've seen some of this going around. But like I said, this isn't the first time it's happened. In BKFC, which is an organization I cover, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, uh, Ty Emery did the same thing. And she did this not too long ago, like months back. And, you know, this was kind of one of the first ones that really went viral. And she is an OnlyFans girl. She has an OnlyFans. That's how she makes a chunk of her money. So, of course, not of course, you know, I always I feel bad when I say that. You know what I mean, though? Fucking she's an, she's on OnlyFans. She sells her pictures. Why she would give it out for free like this, I don't know. But that's how she decided to um, celebrate. And when it comes down to a BKFC is a bigger organization that's taken a little more seriously than some fucking influencer boxing bullshit. But for some reason, everyone's up in arms, including Eddie Hearn, a professional boxing or uh, fucking promoter. And he's all pissed off. I'm like, dude just go get laid or something and then you'll appreciate it like calm the fuck down but he thinks everyone's gonna take boxing as a joke i mean i get what he's saying it's taken so long to get the women in in the spotlight uh or i should probably take that off the screen and i'll leave it on there for so long uh but yeah he he thinks that you know it's taking so long for women to be taken seriously in the sport of boxing which i understand and I get it. But again, this is an influencer boxing organization. It may be getting a lot of clout right now, but that's because of the influencers. They have followers. That's what happens. Regular professional boxing promotions shouldn't be worried about this because unless it was happening in their promotions, if they're professional boxers that are fighting professional fights that go on their professional records that are sanctioned fights from a commission... If they come out here doing this all the time and get away with it, then I understand. But this is a fucking influencer boxing, okay? But yet, this is what these fuckers say, and this is where they take it, because you got people like Eddie Hearn who are up in arms. They say, as we strive to bring fans the best influencer boxing, they say it themselves, event possible, we accept that Saturday's post-fight incident may have offended some viewers and appreciate that the incident didn't meet the standards expected from Kingpin Fight Nights. We apologize fully to anyone upset during the broadcast. The fighter involved in the incident will not be appearing in the final event and has decided to take some time away from boxing. We will now be turning our attention to the Kingpin Finals, with all of us more determined than ever to hold the greatest night of influencer boxing and showcase the very best of the sport. We love you all, Kingpin. Fuck off, Kingpin, because that shit is some bullshit. You are taking yourself way too seriously. You think that you, you I don't know. I don't even know because I just heard of you not too long ago. So why do you think you're so uppity that you got to fucking send out a formal apology? Like, sure, f- fucking cool, apologize. But your influencer boxing, most of these people make their money by showing whatever they want to show with whatever they can get away with showing on any social media platform. So what the fuck are you doing? Like, why, why, why is this being treated like the NBA let their women basketball players flash the crowd and the cameras? Like, if that happened, that might be a problem because that is the biggest organization that's professional. You know, it's a little different. So somebody needs to calm the fuck down and quit taking themselves so seriously because this is what you're fucking 
weigh-ins look like. Now, I'm not complaining until I see this bullshit and you want to basically suspend the fighter that flashed your tits at the end of the fight. But you got this kind of bullshit going on during your weigh-ins. How are you supposed to be taken seriously with this? Now, the first picture, I, it's, I'm not leaning towards that as much, except for the fact that look what the girls do. You know what I mean? Like, this doesn't happen in professional organizations for the most part. Check it out. Now, <laughs> Whitney Johns is the one in the brown bikini with the dark hair on the right. She is a fitness model slash now, I guess, uh, influencer boxer. She has an MMA boyfriend. Um, I know her through other channels, you know, that, that I've, that's why. But I mean, look at what's happening here. Look at this nonsense. It's a fucking circus. So to be wanting to be taking, wanting to take things so seriously and to put out that is, this is one of, I think it's the girl on the left that flashed her boobs. I don't remember, but that, that was the fight. And then to be wanting, wanting to be taken that seriously, but yet this is what your weigh-ins look like. I mean, it's a bit cringe. It's a bit circusy, you know. I mean, I'm not hating on that, but you know, <laughs> it's like, what does this have to do with and and why are you upset about some girl flashing her tits in celebration after the fight when you're not worried about these guys acting a fool, the girls kissing on stage? The other one's showing their, t I mean, shaking their tits in the other one's face. Like, what is happening? <laughs> you definitely don't see that happening for the most part in the UFC. So, I don't know. Or, or women's boxing, for that matter. So, why? Why are we so crazy and, like, outraged about this? It's fucking dumb. I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to go over it for a minute because of the fact that I've seen it everywhere. There was people involved in it that I am familiar with and i don't know it, i just like i said i just found out about this not too long ago so it's interesting or whatever so i figured i'd take a little bit of a deeper look into it and see if i'm sure some of you have seen this going around since the other day when it happened or last weekend anyway let's move on to another circus of shit <laughs> which is the Ultimate Fighter Season 31. Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. McGregor's not doing so well. 0-7 going into this week. Uh throwing a shit fit about rounds, extra rounds not being given. You know, they go two rounds unless a, thir a third round is necessary because they, you know, split rounds in one one one, one one the other. Judges need another round to decide, so they give it to him. And Connor's been pissed because none of his guys have gotten a third round. They've all been dominated pretty much every fucking fight. So going into the eighth, you know, it's his last chance. These are the quarterfinals. And, you know, if he loses, it'll be the first time ever in the Ultimate Fighter history that somebody gets zero wins out of the quarterfinals, which means none of their fighters are in the semifinals, much less will be in the finals and won't have a chance to win. So they'd be the first time ever that would happen. And so Connor, of course, is on the ball, trying to make sure he doesn't get skunked um, all over the place, you know, actually putting forth some effort that looked like it paid off because he did wind up getting that dub because of this. Uh, Rico DeSulio was the prospect for Connor McGregor's team fighting 
the veteran Hunter Azur. So, interesting enough, Cecilio is older than Azur, even though Azur is the MMA vet that's fought in the UFC before. You know, not uncommon, but it's kind of weird because Azur even looks older than uh, Rico, and yet Rico's older. Uh, everything else matched up the same for the most part, except for um, the reach. Cecilia uh, had the reach on him. But this was the ultimate. Yeah! Bam. Oh, he did the Hulk smash. Yeah! Look, over. Action's fucking cool. Running in circles. Why did he get in the cage talking shit? And, you know, instead of uh, hyping up this guy, I just got him to make sure he didn't get. Holy say, That was a great time, man. He decides to start talking shit to the other team. Pushed the wrong button. Damn it. <laughs> I got way too into talking about it. Anyway, as you can see, Connor is extremely happy. But what I was trying to show was, in case you were wondering, yes, you did see a double handed hammer fist to the guy while he's on the ground. He did the Hulk smash. And he that's why Azor was pretty much fucked up uh, because he got double hammer fisted to the face after getting you know basically flash knocked out by the first punch and connor's all smiles and happy and acts like it he just won the championship for the third time just because he got one win so of course the other team was pissed they talked shit back and forth chandler didn't really get involved i don't think either way that was the big thing about tough 31 uh, season, I mean, season 31, episode 8. So the semifinals start tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Next week. What am I saying tomorrow? Uh, let's see. Wanted to see if I... Shit. I don't remember who the hell's fighting. Uh, it's two of Chandler. Oh, yeah, yeah. The first lightweight semifinal is Austin Hubbard versus Roosevelt Roberts. That's who's fighting. It's the first, uh, the first fight basically of the of Chandler Team Chandler versus Team Chandler. So that's going to be happening next week. But at least Connor has one in there, so he's not done yet. And that about wraps that up because yeah, Connor's face is annoying me. <laughs> Moving on to a little recap. Oh, Jesus, man. Of course, because I talk shit, and then uh, I find out that I did not. Oh, I see what I did. Ah. Whoops. There we go. All right, so UFC Vegas 77, Holly Holm versus Myra Buenos Silva. 
Uh, that was last week's fight night on Saturday. And, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened in, in this week's fight. Uh, I don't know why. You know, it didn't seem like the best of cards. Jack Delamadalena's fighting in the co-main event, pretty much, uh, against somebody that's making their UFC debut. Uh, you had no one else really. Norma Dumont versus Chelsea Chandler. Uh, Nazim Sadikov versus Terrence McKinney. Francisco Prado versus Otman uh, Azatar. And Sean Young Park versus Albert Durayev. That was your main card. Uh, but yeah, at the bottom, the very first fight of the night, actually. Um, I covered this in the uh, preview because... Yeah, I, I like Ashley Evan Smith, you know, fellow podcaster. She does a great podcast. And, you know, I've been following her for a while now. She's, uh, from back in the day, she was the woman that beat the transgender MMA fighter, Fallon Fox. That's how Ashley Evan Smith first got to be known. But then, you know, she got into the UFC after fighting with Invicta. And she's been riddled with injuries, unfortunately. Back injuries, knee injuries. So she was making her way back. To the UFC finally after being out for quite a while. And I was rooting for her. I don't really know who Aylin Perez is for the most part. I do know she has an OnlyFans. If you want her to know that, she made that known. <laughs> but uh Yeah, Ashley Evan Smith hadn't fought since uh 2020. So throughout the whole pandemic because of she was it was the injuries because obviously the UFC was still going and uh before that she had only been fighting like once a year anyway because of injuries and whatnot so either way her UFC record is not great uh she has three wins to wow hold on am I seeing this right one two three four five six yeah, she's three and six. That's a shitty record. And this made her third loss in a row. Um, even though it's been three years since she fought last. Uh, this is her third loss in a row, unfortunately. And Perez didn't hold back. She definitely got the best of Ashley and dominated her pretty much throughout uh, the entire fight. All, five, all three rounds. And... She wound up with the unanimous decision win over uh, Ashley Evan Smith. So hopefully she has worked out all the cobwebs and the bugs and comes back and maybe gets, you know, strings together some wins for Ashley Evan Smith. But um, Aileen Perez, like I said, OnlyFans girl, check her out if that's what you're into. Uh, she twerked all over DC, not really on him, but I mean, she was like twerking and DC looked very uncomfortable, <laughs> but yeah, she's been all over the place uh, since then because of her celebration. So anyway, uh, a little further up in the prelims was Victoria Dudakova versus Estela Nunez. And this unfortunate thing happened in the first round. Oh my God. If you didn't see that, take a look at the left arm as... Nunez is going down. Oh, my God. That is... Oh, fuck. Um, here's the result. Uh, her elbow popped out. Now, everyone thought that it was broken. 
uh, but it just popped out of its socket basically the x-ray was floating around um, I mean all it really showed was the ball out of the socket kind of it didn't look that crazy until you really think about what it is and you see this fucking picture or you watch what just happened on the video so she basically went to you know brace her, herself during the fall as she got taken down and then her arm just got caught behind her the wrong way dislocated you know oof, it was nasty but uh yeah that's a hell of an injury but at least she uh, she probably tore some ligaments or, or tendons or something due to popping it out that like bad um and drastically but other than that i mean I, I, they popped it back into place there's uh there was a uh what do you call it there was an x-ray of that going around as well so yeah hopefully she comes back and is you know gets well soon because that was a that was a really bad injury <laughs> made me cringe and then we had terrence mckinney versus nazim sadikov nazim sadikov what am I saying? Uh, Nas, as they call him. Uh, but yeah, Terrence McKinney is a tough guy. He's a tough opponent for sure. Uh, made it to the second round, but Sadikov wound up getting the best of him. And in the second round, got him by rear naked choke for the submission. And yeah, I mean, uh, he, he sunk that choke in deep. And he was, you know, Terrence McKinney was hurting coming out of that one. So. And he had no choice. That was it. It was over. Couldn't get out of it. And done in the second round. So congrats to Nas on that one. Uh, moving on to one of the funniest things I've fucking seen in a long time happening in the cage. Somebody running away. <laughs> like legit fucking running. And then you see she proceeds to get her ass whooped. Uh, that's Chelsea Chandler. Not Handler. Chelsea Chandler. <laughs> Uh, that's Norma Dumont who is terrifying her and kicking the shit out of her. It's hilarious. I, I don't know that I... I mean, DC ran a little bit during that John Jones fight. Uh, Alistair Overeem definitely did a little running in one of his fights. I don't remember exactly who it was that he fought. But holy shit, this is so intentional. She didn't even look like she was trying to like strategically get away. It just looked like the little wimpy kid getting bullied in the playground and he found an opening to fucking book it <laughs> but she ran straight for the cage like a moron like why wouldn't you try to run in a circle to stay away a little longer i mean adam hunter i think made that point and someone else said something about it too and i was like that's a damn good point like why would you run directly at the cage and then as you can see norman dumont follows up with punches right away overwhelms her puts on the pressure and you know uh she doesn't let up she continues with that pressure on the cage just throwing as many punches as she could uh you would think that she might have finished her after all that pressure and as well as taking her down and dominating her on the ground but in the end uh chelsea chandler survived all three rounds and norman dumont got the win by decision unanimous decision that is because yeah she, there was nothing other than just domination in that fight and i mean chandler hung in there after you know running away and in that in a little bit of an embarrassing moment but uh it's just too funny man but, you know, she did hold her own a little for a while there. That's how she survived and got through the third round. 
So next up was uh, Jung, Jun Young Park versus Albert Durayev. And yeah, Park just did work, man. He definitely fucking got the best of Durayev. Uh, got the most damage. Made it look somewhat easy. And dominated him on the ground, too. I mean, Park was just all over him, you know, from the get-go. Uh, it only went to the second round of three. Uh, 4.45 left, though. But, um, you know, he uh, he landed the strikes. He got him down to the ground. Uh, submission attempts like crazy, as you can see here. And then he actually pulled off the rear naked choke for the win and uh it was it was a pretty good one too like this was one of those that he thought for sure derive was going to go out and park gets up and does a little dance which was fucking hilarious man i could watch this all day him doing this dance he just i, I don't even know how to explain it i just think it's hilarious the, the look on his face the way he's like dancing it's just too fucking funny <laughs> He looks like a little old man who's just like, just trying to get some dance moves out there. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. That's too funny. I, I could watch it all day. Uh, but we'll move on to the next fight, which was Francisco Prado versus Otman Azitar. Or Azitar, I think. One of those two. Um, as you can see, Prado landed the good strikes. Uh, spinning back elbow to Azatar landed on the temple. Um, some ground and pound, some elbows there. Uh, it didn't get out of the first round. 405 in the first, 405 left in the first, or 405 into the first, I think. Either way, didn't go all, it didn't go past the first round. And uh, Prado got the TKO by punches. And then we move on to JDM, uh, Jack Della Madalena fighting. Uh, Basil Hafez, uh, he is, this was his UFC debut, and his next name's the Habibi, which is kind of funny, um, but yeah, he was coming off two-fight win streak from Fury Fighting Championship, uh, Fury FC, and this was, like I said, his debut in the UFC, he gave JDM a hell of a fight, I don't know why Della Maddalena, like, continuously fucking went to the ground with uh, Hafez and kept putting him in. He, he kept getting taken down by Hafez and putting him in the guillotine. But Hafez would quickly and easily just transition over to the side, transition to the side mount and get out of his guard, which didn't give... JDM any leverage to put that choke in but he kept going to it no matter and and would not defend Hafez from getting to side control so it's like he didn't know what he was doing or he wasn't paying attention or maybe his fight IQ is not all there but maybe he got hit too many times before all this happened but he just kept doing it over and over again it was like dude are you ever gonna learn why do you keep getting taken down and why do you keep trying to put him in this position but yet not working the position didn't make any fucking sense. Um, I was very impressed by JDM in his past fights. Uh, I can't remember who his last fight was. But, oh, Randy Brown. 
and Danny Roberts. Like, I mean, his other fights, submission, TKO, TKO, TKO. He's had all all finishes except for the Dana White Contender Series fight that he fought. And all finishes by TKOs and one by submission. And then he goes into the split decision loss. I mean, win over uh, Basil, uh, Basil Hafez. It's not Basil because it has two S's. Basil Hafez. Anyway, he barely wins split decision all three rounds. And he just didn't look that good. He looked so good in his other fights, and then he just didn't look good in this fight. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I was just a little disappointed, and I think he needs to not get fast-tracked and get a few more fights under his belt before he starts fighting higher, you know, higher ranking um, and, you know, upper echelon fighters, even though everyone's, you know, making a big deal about him. But anyway, in the main event was Myra... Bueno Silva versus Holly Holm. And well, if you can't tell by this picture, Holly Holm lost. Uh in the second, 38 seconds into the second round. Um, this was a submission by ninja choke. That's what everyone has called it for the most part. Heard a couple people saying like inverted guillotine or or no triangle choke. I don't fucking know. Uh, inverted rear naked choke I think is what someone said too that made kind of made sense either way it's a nasty ass choke I I said last week that Buenos uh that home needed to stay away from getting on the ground with Bueno Silva because she has really great submission attacks and she gets people into submissions easily if you look at her past record that's how she's won a lot of her fights um submission knee bar submission arm bar um submission arm bar it's either submission or decision submission arm bar technical choke she won on dana white's contender series to get into the ufc by a technical submission the ninja choke which is the same fucking thing she did here to holly home and it's pretty crazy because i think i remember correctly and i think i heard people contradicting this which was kind of confusing but i think holly home this is only like the second time she's ever been submitted. And I think the other time was by uh, Misha Tate. Yes, she lost by rear naked choke to Misha Tate. Yeah, she went to sleep. The fuck? I should have remembered that. Misha Tate to win the Bantamweight Championship belt. Right on, on Holly Holm's first defense. Holly Holm had the belt. Got the belt from Ronda Rousey. And then... Fought Misha Tate in her first title defense and lost by rear naked choke. So, this is her only her second submission ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because she doesn't have very many losses. Most of them are by decision. Except for that one to Misha Tate. And then, head kick by Amanda Nunes. Everything else is decision except for this one now. So, Maya Bueno Silva... Put, making her name for herself by being only the second person to ever in history to submit Holly Holm. That's a pretty big feat. And with the state of the division right now, with Nunez uh, retiring and everyone else looking like they got dollar signs in their eyes and gold because they're looking for that title. Uh, and of course, she went and talked shit to uh, fucking Motor... I mean, Motor Mouth. Big Mouth, stupid ass, Juliana Pena. And Juliana came back with some cringy-ass bullshit. 
that we're all used to. You know, Bueno Silva, she likes she she English is definitely her second language because she speaks Portuguese because she's Brazilian. But uh her shit talking game is you know a little bit advanced, but it's still funny to kind of hear some of the things she says. She's talking shit to Juliana Pena, and Juliana Pena is fucking annoying. So I'm okay with it. And I laugh because it's funny. So that wraps it up for last week's fights. Super thirsty today. Jesus. Alcohol's not even doing it. I mean, I've drank almost all of it, and I'm just like, just keep needing more and more to drink. That's what happens when you're out in the fucking sun. It sucks. Either way, let's move on to this week's fights. UFC Fight Night London. UFC Fight Night 224. UFC on ESPN fucking 1,632. I don't know what the fucking numbers are anymore. I see it listed here as UFC Fight Night 224. But I've heard everybody saying UFC London. Hashtag comes up when you put in you hashtag UFC London. Who the fuck knows? It's happening in London though. If you didn't guess, uh, Marching Tybura versus Tommy Aspinall. This is Aspinall's comeback um, since he's been out for a little while because of that nasty knee injury he suffered against um, Curtis Blades. Yeah, that was in 2022 July. So it's been. Just over a year since uh, Aspinall's been out because of that knee injury. So, ah, shit. I did not mean to do that. Okay. I thought I was going to, I thought I closed the window on myself. Either way, uh, first fight on the card. Oh, let's look at the undercard first. Rafael Filio versus Daniel Perez. That's the first fight of the night. Oh, Shauna Bannon is a, uh, Making her debut in the UFC. She's 5-0 as an MMA fighter. She's one of the very few uh, Irish. I was going to say Ireland. Ireland-born Irish fucking female fighters. So it's kind of a big deal. I guess she's been making a name for herself in the uh, like feeder organizations. Her nickname's Mama B, which is kind of weird. Um, I guess she just became a mom not too long ago. So not that weird, but I don't know. Anyway, um, she's 5-0 and in MMA overall. She's been fighting since 2022, so not that long. And she's already made her way into the UFC. So she's fighting Brana Brazil, or Brazil, I don't know. But that's her opponent. Um, that's the second fight of the night. Uh, let's see, who else? Chris Duncan versus Yanel Ashmos. Uh, Ketlin Vieira versus Penny Kianzad. That should be a fairly decent fight. Uh, Panny's always in a pretty exciting fight, and Ketlin Vieira is just a beast. Um, she's always seems to be bigger than everybody. Uh, Magomed, Mok, Mokmud Muradov versus Brian Barberena. All right, Barberena has been out for a little bit, I think. I haven't seen him. No, he fought in March and lost against Gunnar Nelson. That's right. So he's on a two-fight losing skid. That's not good. Both by submission as well. So his last win was unfortunately against Robbie Lawler July of last year. Um, he was on a three-fight win streak, and then now he's dropped two in a row. So hopefully he can make his way back into that winning column because three in a row is not good. 
Mahmoud Muradov is 25 and 8 overall. He's also on a two-fight losing streak. Holy shit. Um, one by submission and one by decision. Most of his wins are by KO or TKO, though. That's a good thing for Brian Barberena because he likes to stand and bang. So that should be an interesting fight. Uh, Michael Perkin, who looks like a knockoff uh, Post Malone, <laughs> versus Jamal Plagues. Mark Casey versus Joel Alvarez. That should be a good fight. Mark Casey is always a good one to watch. 16-6. and six. Coming off a loss to Michael Johnson, but it had won two in a row before that. Not sure too much about his opponent. Joel, Joel Alvarez. Uh, I'm not sure that I've ever really heard of him. Looks like he's been in the UFCs for a while. Damn. Uh, was on a four-fight win streak until he dropped one to Armin Tarupian uh, in February of last year. So, yeah, that's a good one, too. And I think that tops off. Oh, no, Davey Grant versus Daniel Marcos uh, to end the prelim card. And then we move into the main of the main card. Lerone Murphy versus Joshua Kulibiao. 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 Fuck, I don't know. Kulibiao. Ah, whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. It's going to be one of those. Um, Lerone Murphy is undefeated. 12-0 with one draw. Uh, so he's coming in there with something to lose for sure. And he is 1, 2, 3, 4, 4, 0, oh, and 1 in the UFC. Unfortunately, his debut fight is where that one comes from. The one draw with uh, Dubaira, Dubara Tukukov. Whatever. That was a split draw. So undefeated basically in the UFC with one draw. Uh, and he's going against Joshua Kuliba. Kulibau. Kulibau? Uh, he's Australia. I thought he was he, Australian. I'm sorry. Austra dumbass. Um, he's 11-1. Also undefeated. No. He has a, one draw and one loss in the UFC. Debut being the loss. Second fight being the draw. Damn, it took, took him over a year to get that first win in the UFC. And only having one loss. But he's on a three-fight winning streak in the UFC right now. Submission, decision, decision. Let's see. I forgot to see how Lerone Murphy usually wins by KO, decision, KO, draw, KO. Okay, so looks like a stand-up fight. Um, Yeah. And, I mean, judging by this, that nasty knee by uh, Lerone Murphy for that to get that TKO, KO win. Um, and then Cooley Bow with the rear naked choke. And like I said, yeah, that last one was a rear naked choke. Otherwise, he gets he wins by decision. Hey, it's a little mixed up. That looks like his only submission win. That's weird. All right. First submission win in the UFC. That's nice. So, yeah, who knows how that fight's going to go because, fuck, we got one guy who likes to knock people out and the other guy who just got his first submission win might fall in love with it. And, you know, be trying for that submission win again. But then we move on to Jai Herbert versus Perez Ziam. 
uh, Jai Herbert being 12 and four. You know, nobody, the black country banger. These guys fucking nicknames. Uh, they fucking, they're kind of hilarious. But he's 12 and four. Coming off a majority draw against Ludovic Klein. He has a loss to Ilya Taporia, but a win over Kyle Nelson and Kama Worthy. So, not too bad. Not a great record in the UFC, though. Three losses. So, two wins, three losses, and a draw. Fuck. That's rough. Um, With his... And... Yeah, he was just... Uh, I think that's against. Damn it. My bad. I lost my fucking spot here. Anyway. His opponent, Farazi Faraz Ziam. Fucking names are killing Smile Killer. Okay. Uh 13 and 4. Coming off a win. By unanimous decision, but he has a loss against Terrence McKinney by submission, and then a bunch of other decision wins. Damn. So yeah, this fight, Jai Herbert is okay. Doesn't interest me that much overall, though. Uh, let's move into a fight that really does interest me, which is Paul Craig. Ah oh, shit. Paul Craig versus. Man, I did it again. There we go. See, once I get later into the podcast, my fingers get all trigger happy, and then I'm pushing the wrong damn button. Paul Craig versus Andre Muniz. This fight, I'm a little excited for. Paul Craig, always a good fight to watch. Andre Muniz should be a good opponent. Paul Craig, with this submission win over the recent champ, Jamal Hill, and he actually wound up snapping his arm. Uh, with this submission, this nasty armbar. Oh, look at it flopping around. That's, oh man. If that would have kept going, you would have seen it flopping around even more. So that was a nasty submission over who was just the champ, Jamal Hill. Uh, and this was during Paul Craig's short stint up in, uh, the, uh, light heavyweight division. Um, he is on a two fight losing streak though. He just lost to Johnny Walker in January of this year and then Vulcan Ozdemir before that. So uh, he's either winning by a finish or losing by a finish. Not too many decisions. So that's, like I said, always a good fight when you watch uh, Paul Craig fight. And his opponent is uh, Andre Muniz. Good submissions. Brazilian. Uh, coming off a loss, though, to Brendan Allen. Uh, submission by Rear Naked Choke. Before that, though, he had a win over Uriah Hall and Eric Anders. Uh, Reynaldo Souza. I mean, shit. Like I said, with the other guy, winning or losing by decision. Not too many. I mean, winning or losing by submission. <laughs> Not too many decisions. So, should make for a pretty fun and interesting fight with Paul, against Paul Craig. That they both get on the ground. That's going to be interesting. Uh, next fight is... Jesus Christ, I did it again. What the hell is wrong with me? I might as well not even 
like program my buttons. I'll just do it all manually. Uh, we got Nathaniel Wood versus Andre Feely. So Andre Feely is one of those sleeper guys that like you don't you're just like yeah, I've heard that name before. Don't really remember much, but he's always involved in a great fight. Like he's a fucking warrior. He doesn't quit. And he always goes out there and is an exciting fighter. So that's uh, going to be a good fight. Nathaniel Wood, I don't know a ton about him except for I know he's a pretty decent fighter. Let's check out his record here. 19-5 and five. and pop-ups. Uh, he is on a two-fight winning streak uh, with wins over Charles Rosa and uh, Charles Jourdain. Um, both by decision though, a lot of decisions on his record, uh, especially recently before that he had some TKOs and submissions and KOs. Oh man. It looks like the decisions just happened to have been a new thing. So either way, Nathaniel Wood versus Andre Feely. This one is a little bit of an older pick. You can tell by his tattoos because <laughs> his back's not fully finished in this picture. But, uh, yeah, he's got a 22-9 and record coming off a win from Bill Algeo um, from September of last year. That was a split decision win. Uh, before that, he had a loss to Joe Anderson Brito by TKO. No contest before that. Holy shit, that was an accidental eye poke. Uh, yeah, he's got a... Crazy record just riddled with all kinds of weird shit. Like win, loss, no contest. Loss, win, loss, win, win, loss. Jesus. Either way, always fun to watch Andre Feely fight. Andre Touchy Feely. That's his nickname is Touchy. So that's makes it kind of funny. Whatever. Uh but moving on to a women's fight. Molly McCann versus Julia Stolyarenko. It's fucking tough to say. And I and I think it's Julia just with an extra letter in there. I don't know. But Molly McCann is, uh, you know, Patty Pimlet's like right hand. Um, they're buddies and they're always together and shit. You know, they had that whole thing with Drake saying he would buy them both Rolexes and he wound up actually coming through. If they won and they did. Uh, but Molly McCann has been, you know, on the come up, doing good things. Meatball Molly. Uh, she's fun to watch fight for sure. Look at this nasty spinning back elbow uh, KO win. I think that was her last time out. She's 13 and 5. Oh no, her last her last fight was the loss against Aaron, Aaron Blanchfield. I forgot about that. I kind of blocked it out because I was a little sad by that one. But Aaron, Aaron Blanchfield is legit so uh she lost by a kimura submission in her last fight against aaron blanchfield but yeah tko spinning back elbow and punches to anna goldie oh she's done this twice yep because luana carolina is what this fight is and that was a ko by spinning back elbow like that's a legit ko the other one but from hannah goldie was I think she started with the spinning back elbow and got the TKO by punches after that ground and pound. Um, she was on a three-fight win streak until she met Aaron Blanchfield and got that loss. But always exciting. She's a, she's a character, man. 
uh meatball molly is hilarious she's fun and she's fun to watch fight so this should be a decent one against julia stoliarenko um very hard name uh i just called her stoli because it was like damn that's a long a long thing to write but shades of uh ronda rousey here with this nasty arm bar she is 10 and 7 with two draws her last fight was a loss to none other than Chelsea Chandler that we were talking about earlier. Um, and that was in October of last year by TKO. She had a win over Jessica Rose Clark, Jesse Jess, uh, before that submission. And then she had three losses before that. Holy shit. Uh, big names, though. Alexis Davis, Yana Santos, Julia Villa. So, Yeah. Uh, a lot of submissions either for losing or winning except for her last fight where she got TKO'd um, so yeah I'm thinking if Molly can keep it on the feet she can probably fucking get the best of her um, with some really good strikes maybe drop her catch her with one of those spinning back elbows um so yeah, that is your co-main. Let's move on to the main event. Tom Aspinall versus Marcin Tibera. Tibera. <laughs> fucking these fucking names, man. Um uh, Tom Aspinall though was a guy who was very popular for quite a while. And you know, every he just catches on, man. Uh, he's from England. Um, and, you know, he's just one of those guys. They, they sing a song about him. And it's just like Tommy Aspinall. It's using his name in like to a beat. It's, I don't know. It's catchy as fuck. That's all I know. <laughs> but he's 12 and 3. Coming off a loss to Curtis Blades only because he got that nasty knee injury where he's like stepped weird and his knee kind of buckled. And yeah, a bunch of bad tears and stuff in his knee so he's been out for a little over a year on that one but he was on a one two three four five five fight win streak before that he's only got one loss in the ufc because of that knee injury so he hasn't actually been been beaten directly uh he does have good submissions you know he has one by sub straight arm bar which is right here against alexander volkov that is no fucking joke right there that's a hell of a win before that sergey spivak uh tko by elbow and punches which is would be this fight nasty way to finish that look at that elbow holy shit uh i mean he's beaten andre arlovsky and jake collier as well so i mean not a bad fucking uh strength of schedule there but he's fighting Marcin Tibera, who is a difficult opponent as well, because he's got good striking and he's he's crazy with his kicks, man. Like he's a big dude, 254 pounds, 6'3", but he kicks like he's a freaking middleweight, which is kind of crazy. 24 and seven, as you can see here with that big heavy heavy hands against. Uh, Dan Hart or yeah, oh not Dan Hardy, Greg Hardy. What the fuck am I saying? Um, but he's uh on a two-fight win streak, both by decision, though. So 
not very fun there his loss to alexander volkov before that was also a decision loss but then he had this tko tko win over walt harris tko win over greg hardy but then it goes back to boring ass decisions against ben rothwell and sergey spivak so i mean he's fought a lot of big names stefan struve um yeah big dude heavy hands crazy kicks you know a guy that big to get kicks like this out of him is pretty impressive so you know uh tom aspinall is gonna have to watch out for that but i mean i think tom aspinall was like ready to come back and is dying to come back and you know show that he's better than that last fight which you know he unfortunately got injured in but he didn't like the way that that ha that worked out so he's coming back with a vengeance we'll see if he can uh keep martin tibera from doing this to him <laughs> should be a fun fight not a too bad of a card but that about wraps it up for that and this week's fights i believe i always mean to check on this before i get started so i don't have to look at it again but i always forget so it is an early card because it's happening in the UK. It's happening in London. Uh, so the main card will be at 12 p.m. Arizona time. So, you know, just take a look at UFC.com. They always give you whatever time zone that they recognize for your location. And they tell you what time the main card is going to start, what time the prelim card is going to start. Prelim starts at 9 a.m. Main card starts at 12 p.m. So Saturday is going to be an early day fights but i'm cool with that i like watching early fights especially if i have shit going on at night but i don't this weekend really um i'm hoping as long as my back holds up because i've been kind of battling some pain on my right side my back lower back is kind of fucking annoying i you know all i can think of is i slept kind of crooked or fucked up or something because I woke up one morning, I felt it a little bit, and it's progressively gotten worse. I was on a lift today. That didn't feel too great, because, you know, you tense up, you get a little high, and, oh, I got kind of stuck on the lift, <laughs> because that was not a great man lift. Um, You know, we rent them, and sometimes you get good brand new ones, or really well taken care of ones. Sometimes you get shitty ones that people fuck up, and, you know, it's just like renting a car. You get whatever there's, whatever's available. And it wasn't fun because the speed dial was a little broken. <laughs> and, and so it was going so slow that it wasn't even recognizing I was pushing the button. So I'm trying to, you know, get the extension that's extend. The arm is extended out. I'm trying to get it to retract and, and go back in. And I could get lower and, you know, kind of maneuver my way down. And I mean, I'm I'm talking like I was between 30, 40 feet. It wasn't like too crazy, but it's still kind of annoying when like all of a sudden you cannot get down. <laughs> so that was a little nerve wracking. And then you get all tensed up because also I, I'm not even going to. Yeah, I'm not even going to say the 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 thing was not fun to be on because it was not in the best of shape. So I'm worrying about all these other things. So then I tense up and then my back, you know, my back feels the tension and the pressure and I'm like, ah, shit. So that was just, like I said, this week has sucked. Bad news from outside sources, you know, bad things happening all around. 
stupid weather and problems, heat, monsoons, power outages, AC losses, sucks. All of it sucks. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't had to deal with any of that, good for you because it sucks. Um, who cares? Whatever. Weather's weather. It's going to happen. It comes and goes, and we get through it. So, for now, that's about it for me. I'm going to stop rambling now. Watch the fights this weekend. Don't forget they're early. 12 p.m. for the main card. 9 a.m. for the prelim card. Watch it on ESPN, ESPN+. And don't forget to check me out next week. Thursday, 7 p.m. Going Rounds Podcast YouTube channel. I will be re uh, recapping these fights from this week and previewing the next UFC pay-per-view card. 291. Second one this month. Should be a good one. Until then, I'm done. I'm out. See you next week. Peace.